Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hayden. An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. Good afternoon, everybody. Happy party Friday. Chuck and Julie, the truth straight up, brought to you by happytrees.co and Denver Senegenics and Dr. Julie McCallan. As you can see, Chuck is not here. He is babbling it out on the golf course today. He should be about on the 16th hole by now. Um, I haven't heard from him, which could mean anything. It's a championship he's won before, so we'll see. But I'm thrilled to have with me fellow talk show host, fellow BBS radio talk show host, Karen Cataline. Hey, Karen, uh, who is joining us, I think, from from the Bahamas or Bimini or something like that. Hey, Karen. Pure virtual uh, impressions. And it's great to be here, Julie. All right. And Karen, let me open up real quick because I don't want to forget. Tell folks who don't know, I'm sure everybody already does, but you're when and where you're on because you're all over the place. Well, if you have any interest, you can just go to KarenCataline.com. Yes, I'm a Karen. And the last name is K-A-T-A-L-I-N-E.com. And I do a show called Spouting Off Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays in various locales and uh, would love to have you join us. Exactly. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. We will get obviously to the news of the day, the search warrant information being released today on that outrageous FBI raid. But want to start off with one of our favorite guests, Scott Powell. He's the author of Rediscovering um, America. He's uh, with Front Page, um, does all kinds of great columns, had another great column. So Scott, let me first off say, hey, thank you and welcome once again to the show. Oh, it's a pleasure to be with you and your audience. There we go. So let me, though, before we get to, you you know, you wrote a column recently on the kind of thing that the FBI should be worrying about, which is China buying up farmland right next to military bases. We'll get to that in a second. But just your reaction, they've released a search warrant, not the affidavit on the FBI FBI raid, just sort of in general, your thoughts on that. Um. Ask me specifically again. I missed. Uh, the, well, okay, so the FBI raid on Donald Trump's house. Yeah, and and some of the stuff that's going on there. Um, to me, well, you know, like, your thoughts. You know, these things are always hard to um, get your arms around in the first few days because we all have incomplete information. So I would rather approach it by the. The big picture, you know, the okay. the you know, from the top of the mountaintop, when you look down, what do you what do you, what do you generally see that everyone can agree on? I think everyone could agree on that Donald Trump was having was in discussions uh, with his attorneys on all these materials that are the subject of the search that uh, was that that the FBI used. They they justified this so-called raid uh, on his domestic home now that is his home because of the need to obtain documents well the documents were being negotiated and talked about in a very civil manner so it, it's the big qu- first question is so wh- why why was it necessary for a raid it doesn't seem right. as though this sort of of uh, action which is unprecedented in the history right. of our entire country no other president has been subjected uh, to this kind, this sort of thing. Uh, it, 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 so then the question is: so why why was it done? And I believe that it was done for uh, an ulterior motive of optics. I think that increasingly we have to be aware that oftentimes things are done not for the real reason stated, but rather for the effect on uh, on other things, on the bigger on the on the movement and on the movement of things to happen. So. I, I think we're at a stage now where, you know, where where the left, if you will, wants to precipitate a civil, you know, a civil yeah. uprising uh, yeah. among the right. So this was the kind of action that really upset a lot of people that support Donald Trump. Now, fortunately, as far as I can tell, except for this one crazy person, maybe, and I don't even know it's tied to Donald Trump, but there was uh, some right. some crazy person. I think it was in Cincinnati where 
that person entered the uh, the FBI or tried to get into the FBI. Right. Uh, he was carrying a an AR-15, I believe, with you know uh, appearing to mean business, and and he he was uh, he, he was removed. He was right. I think he was killed. Right. So I, I'm not sure that that was tied, but it's that sort of thing that I believe that the left wants you know wants to cause. It wants to it wants to cause the the supporters of Donald Trump to really manifest themselves yep. in militant insurrectionist ways because that's what they've charged them with right right the whole january 6th right. hearing right. was all about an insurrection when in fact the real insurrection was on november 3rd 2020 <laughs> not exactly. january 6th 2021 exactly, exactly. The, the, the insurrection was the you know the hijacking and the uh, the election theft, and it really was theft. It was you know huge numbers of fraudulent ballots right. were facilitated, and we don't really know. We haven't gotten to the bottom of any of it uh, in terms of the electronic uh, right. changing of ballots. But but in any case, I, I think most Americans know that the election irregularities of November third of twenty twenty were so obvious and so outrageous. And the results have been so bad yeah. uh, that, that, you know, that, that the appearance of people that were concerned, patriots who showed up in Washington on January 6th to express their concern that the, there had been election irregularities. And then there was a, an effort to sort of, I, I think, uh, create a media event in the Capitol. Yeah. I mean, the Capitol yeah. Police waved people in. And right. in that crowd were some instigate, you know, some... Antifa type uh, instigators that caused problems. Although, uh, you know, there's only, you know, there, it was not an insurrection always means that there were arms involved. It was a, right. you know, an no armed arms. insurrection. Right. The main right. people that had arms were the Capitol Police. Most of the people <laughs> who killed somebody, right? They, they're the yeah. only people who killed somebody. So, yeah, there was one person that was shot, and that was uh, one of the protests, one, one of the the people that came, the observers, uh, what was her name? Ashley Babbitt, I think. Ashley her name Babbitt. Was. Mm -hmm. And it was it was very tragic. It was unnecessary. But um, so anyway, they've had these hearings, the, the, the so-called January 6th hearings. I don't know how long they've gone on for. Uh, I'm not even sure if they're finished. They should be. No. But yeah. for, for weeks and weeks, we heard testimony, one-sided testimony, because it wasn't a fair, it wasn't a true hearing. Right. Uh, you know, the, the, the people that, you know, the, the so-called patriot side had no one, you know, they, they couldn't present their case. Right. It was a, a one sided case. And anyway, it was not well received. I don't think they got any impact from it. And so the next step is, um, yes. uh, you know, is a raid on uh, Donald Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago. This was a, right. a, an event that got everybody's attention. Right. But I think, again, it's probably backfired. Yeah, we'll see. Well, let me go. And I know because and we'll be talking about that later on in the show, everybody. But I because what your latest column, I think, and Karen, feel free to chime in here at any time, is something that the FBI should be paying attention to. Absolutely. And that is the Chinese buying farm metal. Mm -hmm. tell, I mean, I was reading that and I'm like, I didn't realize this was going on. Why don't you explain to folks what the deal is? Well, this we, we have to understand that we are in a. Uh, we're, we're in really an undeclared war with China. China wants to steal uh, all of our industrial military secrets. They've been very good at it. They've done it for many, many years, but they're still behind us in their military technology. And so they, uh, I believe, acquired farmland near the... Um, Grand Forks Air Force Base, which has the most advanced uh, military technology of any of any military base, because that is where the the drones are, are ah. located. And these are specifically these are this is this is the 319th Air Base Wing. It's the only air mobility command to have remotely piloted aircraft systems such as the RQ-4 Global Hawk unmanned aerial vehicles, a.k.a. Okay. drones that contain the military's most sophisticated military technology. And they're located about 12 and a half miles from where the Chinese bought this, uh, this commercial property uh, by, this, or by this Chinese company. In China, it's, it's called Fufeng, the Fufeng Group. 
It has uh, CCP uh, people on its board because it's a large Chinese right. company. Right. And they formed a subsidiary in the United States, Fufeng uh, USA. was It was first incorporated in Chicago. And then a couple of years later, they, they say that they were looking for various sites. They arrived at uh, the Grand Forks site and bought a property, and they're going to ostensibly uh, build a uh, corn, a, a wet mill corn processing plant. But really, uh, most many, many people have come to really question how this all came about. There have been extensive hearings in Grand Forks now. So the the uh, the feds are now involved with a CFIUS investigation, and that and that involves an analysis of whether our national security would be put at risk by the Chinese presence by the by this project going through. And and I hope that they will, you know, that they will find that it's inappropriate for this to go forward. Well, it, yeah, one so would it's think. It's amazing that they got this far. Really. Right. They bought well, the I land. Mean, they right. got they're, they're in the permitting process. And and here we are having to have a, you know, um, this this crazy thing happening. Well, I mean, even you look at where they're buying it, like you said, I think in your article, you call it a Trojan horse. But the fact that they are buying up so much farmland, I think between Bill Gates and China, they own, am I right here, more farmland than anyone, than any Americans and any American farmers, right? Oh, by far, by far. I think Bill Gates owns more farmland alone. And I think the Chinese are a close second now in the uh, the number of acres that they own. And I mean, you know, we, we're, we're a democratic open society. We've allowed foreign investment, um, of, you know, for really for our entire history. I mean, in some ways we all, America was founded by immigrants and people, people have invested from overseas uh, and then they've come here and become good citizens. Uh, I don't foresee the Chinese becoming the Chinese right. with these ambitions becoming good citizens. We already know what they did with the acquisition of Smithfield Foods. Smithfield was the largest hog, um, uh, um, you know, pork producing plant, port, uh, pork uh, processing company in America. Smithfield Foods was. That's now Chinese owned. Where's that pork going? It used I to know. be. You know, those decisions used to be made by the market. Uh, Smithfield right. Foods would sell their pork to, you know, to, to, you know, to customers in the United States, in Europe, in China, whomever. Um, but now most of that pork is going to China. And we don't get as much pork from Smithfield Foods as we once did. Oh, um, which, of course, raises the price of pork. And then, Karen, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I mean, we we have to recognize that food is now becoming a weapon. And why in the world we would give up any land, any farmland uh, to our uh, our enemy? That's the important thing to understand that you're in a war with China. You don't help your enemy. Uh, You you stand up to them and you and 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 you hope that it doesn't end up in a shooting war. But in the meantime, you don't want to help your enemy. No. Um, and that's still, what we've been doing. We've been asleep at the switch and allowing this to happen. But uh, I think the American people are slowly waking up and it's about time. Scott, it's good to talk to you again. I interviewed you just last week, Karen Cataline. Um, You said we're in a war with China. And oddly enough, I'm going to be Captain Obvious here <laughs> and say that uh, the other story that we opened with a growing... Uh, <laughs> I don't think you can call it distrust with the power and scope of the government and having the government be in charge to put the brakes on China when we've seen evidence that they've actually been colluding with China. AKA Hunter Biden. But I wanted you to comment on that because I think that's what scares people even more than China infiltrating is the, the traitorous behavior from within uh, that we don't trust these people to be on our side. Well, let me give you let me give your audience a picture of how China has changed. You know, there was this optimism about China. China was really a third world country right up into the latter 1970s and to the 1980s. They were still uh, a, a really a poor and what we would call a third world country. They recognized that they needed to catch up, <clears throat> and they could see that. Uh, a, um, a market-oriented economy would, you know, would serve that purpose 
better than they, they recognize that socialism doesn't allocate resources very well. And, and that was confirmed in, by the end of the the end of the 80s when the Soviet Union came apart and it came apart for economic reasons. Socialism does not work as an economic system. The Chinese recognize that they changed, albeit it's not a true market economy, but it's a modified market economy. And it raised a lot of Chinese out of poverty through the 90s and into the into the new um, millennium. But uh, Xi Jinping took power in 2012 and things have changed dramatically since he came to power. And what we're seeing now are increased extra-legal detention of political dissidents and televised forced confessions Whoa. where where dissidents are forced to confess publicly on, on television. There's increased repression of journalists and all independent religious groups. Uh, that has all been happening under, under, uh, under Xi. There's the deployment of tens of millions of trolls to maintain Chinese propaganda on international social media sites. Those are sites outside of China that, that, that are there to propagate a positive view of China. There's the deployment of more than 300 million surveillance cameras in China with facial recognition. There's the installation of spyware on all smartphones sold in China. All smartphones, all phones sold in China have spyware where the government can, it can well, track not it. Not to mention TikTok. I mean, and then you've got what I was reading a thing. All of the cameras in like Great Britain are, are, are go through a Chinese server. But Scott, Nancy Pelosi just said it's, China, it's China is the China freest is country, country in the world. In the world. Yes. And yeah, those it, are the it, people we can't trust or our own no, people. They already know. We no, we, we cannot trust them. Unfortunately, no. we, we've woken up to this fact rather late. I thought we would have a, a real wake up in the early stage of COVID when we couldn't get masks and we came to realize, gee, most of our, you know, most of our, uh, the, the basis for our, uh, you know, pharmaceuticals comes out of China. China. Um, a lot of the manufacturing uh, comes out of China. And we realized, gee, we, we can't have this. Well, at the same time, it, it, it goes way, way beyond the pharmaceutical industry. Right. I mean, 3M Corporation does its manufacturing of masks in China, and we couldn't get those masks. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and the story goes on and on. We've become very we've, – we've offshored manufacturing to China as a low-cost platform. That took place in the 90s and, 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 and has continued. And only, only now are we waking up to the fact that we cannot – that we need to have a manufacturing base here right. in the United States in case it really comes down well, to let me ask you, you know, back a to the, global conflict. Let me ask you back, just a thought, back to the whole farmland thing. I know my family, we were farmers way back when in Illinois, and periodically the government would pay the farmers, not periodically, I mean, it's part of their process, to, live, to, to not plant certain crops, right? So we could have a situation where the United States government is paying the Chinese government not to grow any crops on its land, so they have more <laughs> time to spy on the military base right next to it. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, I love you. Very well said. I couldn't say it better. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me? How much do you think Hunter Biden uh, and Joe Biden, the Biden uh, organized crime family, has to do with any of this? Well, I think it was going on. These th these things have preceded the Bidens. But but let's face it. What has happened in our country with the Bi with Joe Biden becoming president of the United States is just um, it's unfathomable if, if we take the perspective that we used to have just 20 or 30 years ago. If, if, you were, if, you're, if you're a politician and you've been taking money from foreign powers, you're compromised. Yeah. <laughs> President of the United States. So they covered that up. You know, the Hunter Biden laptop was actually in the FBI hands at the end of 2019. That's December right. of 2019. They had the Hunter Biden laptop in their possession. Right. What happened for the next 10 months? Nothing. Right. right. And finally, yeah. the Washington Post got it, got, got their hands on it through various channels and vetted it and made sure it was authentic. And then they <laughs> released their story in October about, you know, uh, some of the, some of the, uh, some of the information on the laptop, which was very incriminating of the Bidens. Right. They released that. And what happened there? The, the New York Post was the only outlet that released it. 
Nothing. And it no was raids. blocked on all the social media. It was and taken right. raids. It was not repeated. Nobody's and above the and law. much yep. of the other media didn't have the courage uh, to, to republish it. So most Americans never really heard the story. Right. Right. And if they had, I mean, there have been polls taken after the election and, and after it became common knowledge about this laptop. Many, you know, they took polls and, they, and, and many of the Democratic voters said, I would not have voted the way I did had I known, had I had that information. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it, but, but and it, as... it's, it's all accomplished. It's all done. We can't even get the, to the bottom of vote fraud. There's this. Right. You know, we have compromise. We have corruption that extends its tentacles throughout the federal government and even into the and into the state governments too I, right. I there's just no doubt in my mind i think the state of georgia is utterly corrupt i think both the both the governor and his secretary of state rathenberger they're utterly corrupt yep. they have blocked the investigation of the of the voting in georgia uh repeatedly what does that tell you when people are blocking an investigation to get at facts Right. You know that they're trying to hide something, right? They're trying to prevent the discovery of evidence that would in, well, that would incriminate them. And so and, and then they turn around and open investigations into those who would question it. Right. I mean, it's right. just I mean, they're they're investigating them. Well, Scott, listen, we've got to let you go here. Um, but tell, I, I mean, I love your book, Rediscovering America. I think the last time we had you on, um, you were saying, but hey, there, there is America. We need to rediscover it. It's a great country. There is hope. You know, it's a party Friday for us. So tell us just real briefly about your book and, and maybe what, what do we do? Well, let, let's, you know, we've talked a lot about the battle. We're in, in, in World War Three. It's not a shooting war yet. But when you think about battle, soldiers carry army field manuals when they go into combat, right? Mm-hmm. And every citizen in America today really needs a historical and spiritual warfare manual to, to renew their understanding of their country and, and the goodness in our country and to keep our morale high because we're in troubled times. Yeah. Remember, the enemy wants to sow seeds of doubt and demoralize us so that we are put out of action. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yep. Can't can't you see so clearly that they want to demoralize us in every which way? They want to divide us, gender, race, you know, vaxxed, unvaxxed. There's no end to it. Um, The enemy wants to destroy our our sense of identity and our our sense of uh, belonging, uh, our, our, our family orientation, our faith in God and our love of country. So this and the battle plan is to divide people, as I said. And it's just incredible. So. Um, what re- why I wrote Rediscovering America was that I-, I was concerned. I wanted to write something that was very easily readable and that could really help people understand their country from a perspective they probably never got in their education. And it's written for busy people who generally have limited time to read books. It's only 200 pages long. Huh. And every chapter is a really a standalone story. Uh, and people tell me that have read it. It's not just a page turner; it's a chapter turner. Ah. So it's it's a it. And other people have said, you know, it's like a self help book. Uh, I mean, it's not just a it's not just <laughs> a history. It, it it gives me confidence about you know what I can achieve if I have courage and if I have persistence because that's the story of America. All right. Well, Scott, thank you so much. Scott Powell, Rediscovering America. Thank you for your, thank you for the research you did about this farmland, because I think that's a big issue and it's not going to go away. Appreciate your time. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, let's do it again. There's Absolutely. Just a, it's an ongoing story. There you go. Uh, all, all right. right. It good. is. Hey, all thanks right, for all you. that you're doing. I really, I want to applaud what you're doing. It's oh. so important to get the word out there. You know, we're a country of the people, by the people and for the people. And so the real news and the real education of the American people is not coming from the from the top, not the elites. Yeah. It's really coming from you and other talk show hosts and other people. So, you know, we all have an, have, have an obligation, I think, to bring as many people into the light, if you will, the understanding, so they can vote. And we've got to vote, and we can't allow any false flag events to prevent the elections from taking place in November. I mean, I think, frankly... The Mar-a-Lago event is just a prelude to what we're going to see in September and October. I agree. I agree with you absolutely there. All right. We'll have you back on to talk about that when the next shoe drops. All right. Very good. Scott Powell there. Thank Thank you. you.
thumb. He's great. And you've had him on your show too, right, Karen? I have. I have. Well, let me real quick then. I want to switch gears to talk, bring people kind of up to speed. Um, so the search warrant for the Miralago thing was released along with the property receipt. Um, and um, but they did not release the affidavit in support of the search warrant. So they didn't explain why they did it. They just said they searched it. Here's what I, I want to real quick tell. And then Karen, I'll get you to weigh in. Here's what I think are the wheels within the wheels. Number one, they want to intimidate and harass Trump. Um, they're going to indict him. I guarantee you. This is also a fishing expedition. They wanted to see, they basically, they said they wanted to see any and all records, information, documents that went through the president through the entire term of his presidency, right? Um, up until the, t- the day, the moment he moved out. So they want to do a fishing expedition. I predict they will indict him on more things. That brings up Mark Elias, the evil genius's claim that, hey, wouldn't it be kind of a political blockbuster to see somebody try to run for president while they're under criminal indictment? Never yeah. more. I mean, they also, I think, want to, as Scott indicated, they, they're hoping that people do things so they can call all of us insurrections. Big media is going to start uh, start censoring things. You know, that's coming. And meanwhile, no one's talking about inflation. But here's the thing, Karen, and I want to get your thoughts. Earlier in the show, we were talking, or before the show, we were talking about what to talk about. And, you know, you were saying, well, Julie, you know, you're optimistic. And I, you can say, why well, you're optimistic. You know, I can't say, well, you can't. Then I read all this and I'm like, no, I'm not optimistic anymore. I'm mad. And I think that's the thing that when what Scott was getting at, too, it's like the Democrats have made it clear and the deep state, they will stop at nothing. They said after Trump was elected, we not it's not enough or after he was defeated, it's not enough to have him not win. We need to crush him and his supporters. And that's what this is about. They're going to do everything they can to crush him. Doesn't matter if it's legit or not. None of that matters. They're going to try to crush any supporters. That's why they're seizing Scott Perry's cell phone. You know, they're going to play whack-a-mole with anybody who rises up. That's why they need 87,000 IRS agents. So I'm optimistic in the sense that we are right and I believe we will win. But I think right now it is like Scott said, this is this is a war um, and we didn't want it. We didn't declare it, but they have been shooting at us repeatedly. Um, and, and I think it is time, you know, to get to to get mad and and, and stay mad. Boy. Lots to weigh in on there. And there's so many things that are related to so many other things. Uh, One of the things that made me mad is when I saw articles from pundits saying, don't take the bait, don't act out, don't do or say anything that is untoward or could be considered radical. To these radicals, breathing is considered radical. Makes no difference. Um, Yeah. They have proven to us, shown us that if they cannot find something to charge their enemies with, they will frame them. So what bothers me is that there are still conservatives or Republicans or whatever who have good intentions, but who are admonishing people who are outraged by the shredding of our constitution instead of being outraged at the people who are shredding it. Right. Well, yes. I mean, that's because that stuff we can you know, we can point out that that number one, as I understand the law and government precedent, the simple act of removing the documents is in and of itself a declassification. So the documents are declassified. The media is saying, oh, we can't all these. They had boxes that said classified on it. He was cooperating. Never mind the fact that, you know, Lois Lerner, Eric Holder, none of them were prosecuted like Steve Bannon. The Democrats have made it clear they're going to use every tool in the book to go after Trump and his supporters. And Charlene, you're absolutely right. They're after the 100 million Americans that Trump represents. And if they don't have it, they'll make it up, as we saw with the Russia hoax. It's Um, almost, Julie, not almost, it is that they go after their political enemies for the exact same thing they do on purpose. It isn't projection. That's a tactic. Remember right. the, the Clinton operative that went into the archives and had documents in his pants? Remember that? Right, right, uh, right. So it, it's my friend. I, I encourage everybody to go to uh, John Zamirak, one of my favorite guests from the stream.org, who talks at length about anarcho tyranny as a tactic. Anarchy for us, tyranny for you. We get to do anything we want and then rub your nose in it 
and accuse you of what we're doing, manufacture that you're doing it or divert attention. One of the things that bothers me too is the idea that we should be defensive about something that isn't even illegal. So while we're sitting and arguing about, well, but it's declassified because he was a president, right? And, And it's good to explain that to people. It's also important to realize that defending ourselves against false charges is uh, contrary, is exactly what they want. Well, they want us, and you're right. When did you stop beating your wife? Yeah, and you need to, and in a note to Charlene, who, you know, last show was sort of saying, don't get too caught up in the weeds. And I think there's a balance. You do need to explain, because I think there are some people out there who don't understand that no, that he didn't do anything wrong, that this has never been done before. um, And- you need to understand the manipulation of the media and the FBI. I think it is no coincidence that the FBI, Merrick Garland, starts talking about, oh, we're really worried about threats against the FBI. And boom, the, the media, the corporate media, are like, oh, worried about threats. Well, that's also they can try to do to Trump supporters what they did to parents, what they did to the people on January and who 6th. Believes, who believes that that wasn't a false flag? Exactly. People that have lied to us about everything else. And yet- And yet some people actually still believe them and take their word for it. And, Um, you know, they must make their people victims any way they can. The perpetrators are the victims. The victims are law abiding citizens are the perpetrators. And I guarantee you Twitter and Facebook and Google any moment now are going to start censoring stories about this ridiculous raid, right? They're going to be saying, well, if you question this then you're threatening violence. And so they're going to do everything they can. But what we have though, and I, so I think when you look at, okay, so, you know, we're, we are at war and I think that Republicans and Weasley rhino establishment Republicans, if, if they don't want to speak out on this, I mean, God bless Lauren Boebert, who's been all over the place on it. Even Ken Buck spoke out. As yeah. far as I know, we haven't heard from our Senate candidate, Joe O'Day or Eric Audlin or Barbara mm-hmm. Kirkmeyer. It's like, you are, you are, I don't even want to say it. I mean, it's, you just can't do that. I mean, we can't do that anymore. Well, how about this question? Whose side are you on? Exactly. That's what Chuck always right? says. If you can't you? speak up about the shredding of the Fourth Amendment, then whose side are you on? And when Trump has said repeatedly that they really, it's not really me they're after. Exactly. It's you. I'm just in the way. I can tell you that I got at least no less than three texts before I even saw the news about what happened on Monday. People were scared. Why? Because they know that if they can do that to Donald Trump, they can do it to anybody. I had to remind them that we have at least two cases that I know of in Colorado, where I no longer live, where it did happen. It's just that they didn't have the mouthpiece, thank God, that Donald Trump does. What cases uh, are you talking about? People who were raided. Wasn't there uh, uh, Oh, Tina Peters. Exactly. And the person that supports her because they were political. Sharona Bishop. Yeah, they charged yes. Tina Peters and they keep saying yes. she's under indictment. They charged her with having... Um, among other, first, they charged with just calling the Secretary of State's office to see if they could if they could have a, a witness there. Then they charged her with with taping a court hearing, which I've seen numerous, maybe not numerous, many people do. No one ever. Right. It's just like this. No one ever gets charged for it. And that's what I think we need to realize is they are not going to listen to reason. They are going to use every tool that they have. And yeah, if they can charge true. you, they will. And I'm going to go move on to then. Why do we think they need 87,000 IRS agents who are willing to carry a gun? and use deadly force. What's that about for Pete's sakes? It's because I think, Karen, if you're the average person, you know, okay, so maybe they're going to come knock on my door and say, Julie, you're trying to incite a riot. Okay, well, then I hire a lawyer, then there's a trial, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? And if I can't afford a lawyer, a lawyer will be appointed for me, right? But if an IRS agent knocks on my door and says, you know, Julie, you know, we've noticed that blah, 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 right? With your taxes, it's like all of a sudden there is no lawyer appointed. I'm in this god awful nightmarish administrative state. They can seize my bank accounts. I mean, how much more convenient and evil is it for them to start sending out all these IRS agents after people rather than than cops? I mean, you might have a cop that refuses to do that or, or whatever, or a sheriff who says, no, I'm not going to well, let them happen. They're purging uh, patriots from the military and cops. My right. question would be, um, could it possibly 
could a bunch like what we have been watching who want to disarm law-abiding citizens who want who want to subjugate the public who have weaponized everything including all of their power could they possibly go only after um their political opponents with the irs and nobody else let's see wait a minute they did that already they did that already been there been there done that slap on the wrist and when nothing Right. And then when she ignored the congressional subpoena to go testify, they didn't prosecute right. her. They didn't throw in jail. So we know that. And I think we just need to. So Leo is funny. He's saying he just painted a turnip on his front door. <laughs> I think that's what the angel of death, the IRS. Will, no, will no, because you can't get blood out of a turnip. Right? Oh, you can't you know? get blood out of a turnip. Oh, Karen, that's very clever. <laughs> Leo, that's a pure reference. But a bit of a- see, that's the point is that. You know, I, I, I can't stop saying it, but every single one of these things are related to the same motive that we are now their enemies. They turned right. on us. Yes. We didn't vote for this. We didn't ask for this. It was exactly as you said. Right. They have put us in their crosshairs. And that's different than any other war in the history of America where citizens are on the front lines. The greatest and most horrendous war in wars in the world were fought across the pond, were fought with our military. Now they're after us personally and our country. And I never believed I would live to see a day like this. No, you know, Karen, that's that's what we have to be aware of. That is really well put that 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 each and every American, especially Donald Trump supporters, are, are on the front lines of a war that we didn't ask for. And, and we need to realize. And that's why I said, you know, the, the time to be optimistic is later. I think when you go into battle, you have to believe you're going to win. Um, you have to believe it's worth fighting for. You have to believe that there's a higher power, hopefully, that's kind of helping guide everything. So that's where the optimism is. But I think in the meantime, like you said, people have to get angry. People have to use critical thinking. We have to hold our political leaders as much as we can accountable, I think, which is hard because, you know, again, they're going to go after them. We've seen them seizing, I mean, John Eastman, Trump's lawyer, they just showed up at a restaurant, took his cell phone, right? Rick, uh, Scott Perry is traveling with his family and they take his- No restraint. And what I notice is the talk show hosts and everybody else are using this battle language, World War III battle language, they're after us. See, we are speaking ideologically for in an ideological war, and yet they will impose meaning on us and claim that we're the radicals because they're the radicals, right? Right. We believe in law and order. We're the people who believe in the rule of law and that nobody is above the law. But we really believe that. And I think, well, and I think we have some weapons at our disposal that we did not have last time around. I do think that that Trump's truth social, I think the organization Rumble, places like that. I mean, you know, all the people like us have been kicked off of YouTube. It's been over a year now that we've been off of YouTube um, over COVID. And that's just like child's play compared to what they're doing now. That was Um, the precursor and the red flag to everything else. That's right. But I also think it woke people up and maybe I will be a little bit optimistic. I think that people are waking up because I think it's just hitting you in the face so hard. And I think they don't trust the institutions. I think from what I've seen in the polls, even the people who maybe don't like Trump say the FBI should not have raided his home over National Archives documents, right? Well, um, we, must, we must give the message. Sorry for interrupting. We no, go ahead. The message to people that don't get it. I had a guest who will remain nameless today. Of course, he was, you know, used to be a Democrat. Now he's an independent who said he needed more information and could not make that leap to understand that the very act of going after a political uh, opponent who's going to run for office and shredding the Fourth Amendment and treating it as a violent you know, violently going in, any American who does not see this as a threat to them personally is right. not understanding the scope of the issue. 
No. Well, I, I, yes. And I've got some friends who are very liberal and they're gleeful about this. And I'm just like, yeah, wait till you make a misstep. You know, I mean, it's like the powers that be, the World Economic Forum people, the people who say you should, you're going to own nothing and be happy about it. Right. What, are, you know, what are you, you, you might be doing okay now, but pretty soon, you know, they're going to be shoving you into some high density apartment and making you ride a train that's chronically late going to a job that doesn't pay you anything. You know, I, I mean, Thinking about that, that that slogan just rings in my head, and I hope we keep saying it and using it and using it again, because there's so many things about that that make your head explode. Not the least of which is, how come you elected yourself to tell me when I'm happy? Yeah, <laughs> uh, and well, you're going to rob me. No, you just don't know. rob me of everything I own, and then tell me I'm happy. Only criminals do that. Well, so, let's see, we have body autonomy. How about happiness autonomy? Yeah. I get to decide when I'm happy. You don't. Well, and Karen, you don't to anything, Klaus Schwab. But Nothing. you don't have body autonomy anyway. You may think you're a woman and you may have children or nieces or nephews who think they're women, right. but they're not. They're not. Right. And you can have some doctor someplace decide, you know, that, I'm oh, you're a need- woman when I do hashtag me too. <laughs> But then the minute I stop tweeting me to, I can't define a woman, you need a biologist. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, and I think we do have um, people who are doing the right thing. I mean, you've got, and again, I'll say Lauren Boebert, I think is out there fighting the good fight. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Donald Trump himself, right? Seems unfazed by this. Not only unfazed, I get the impression that this probably, I mean, if he wasn't going to run, I suspect he's going to now, right? And I think there are people who maybe wouldn't have voted for him, who to say, I'm going to vote for him now. Now we'll see if they can keep this up. But I mean, it's going to go on. Well, I think that's why they had to, they, for the Democrats, they have such an MO, but their biggest MO is everything for them is the show. Yes. Because their motive, they can't tell you their motive. Their motive right. is they have vitriol and hatred for this country and, and America stands in the way of world socialism. And as much as we all know that, they're not going to admit that. So no. everything is a show. And the show is that Trump was starting to look like a victim. So that's why it's possible that that some false flag person came in i don't know you don't know i don't know to make attacks on the fbi so the fbi can look like the victim again they right. must look like victims jesse smollett was exposed and his biggest problem was he was holding on to the idea that he was a victim and he's not a victim he's a perpetrator no well i mean we've seen this We've seen this go on and on and on. And, and, you know, again, my hope is that people wake up and realize um, that, that, that they will stop at nothing. And as we've said before, not only will they stop at nothing, um, whatever they did to Donald Trump, not only can they do to us, they're planning on doing to us. Um, And I I don't know how you stay optimistic, actually. Well, now I'm Um, mad. So now it's mad. I'm optimistically mad. Well, let me one other thing, too, I wanted to talk about with you. And we've got some great comments here from people was the, the, the demoralization. I mean, Scott was talking about that. Um, yeah. And you had an interesting thought. I mean, it's demoralization on a couple of fronts. Yes. Yes. I have yet to write anything about this, but it was when I had Scott Powell on last week. And this other thing kept rolling around in my head about, and you heard him say, demoralizing the public, making us throw up our hands and say, well, we can't do anything. We should just roll over. And a lot of people are committing suicide. I mean, a lot of people are having trouble with this because they do have what I call the curse of awareness. And uh, th- some of us, and you included and Chuck, have had the curse of awareness for a very long time. Yeah. And we wished we hadn't been right, like many of the listeners who are right. commenting right now. So I started thinking about demoralizing. And it's not just the demoralization of individuals. It's the de moralizing of the country. Right. And I told a friend about this, another fellow talk show host, Gary Jeff Walker, about my idea, about the idea that one of the greatest psyops that they use is to dismantle our moral code. They're elevating sloth. They're elevating the seven deadly sins. And he gave... What? 
Oh, I was going to say, you're right. I mean, that's just look at, look at all the stuff. And, and you get banned from Twitter and everything for saying this now. Look at all the stuff promoting obesity. But when did we, and if you say anything about obese people that might be unhealthy, all of a sudden your body shame you doing this. It's like, no, I mean, doctors have been saying that forever. That's one of the things. I think the other thing that I saw, and I couldn't believe years ago, I did a long series of stories about pedophilia on the internet. Right. And I can't even tell people the photographer I worked with was like, I just go home every night and take a shower. I can't even begin to tell people the depths of depravity that some of that stuff goes to. I mean, I mean, you, I, I'm telling you right now, you can't even imagine it because your brain just won't let you go there. Unfortunately okay? I can, because as uh, a social worker, I dealt with adult people who had been sexually abused as children so much so that they really did develop multiple personality because of satanic cult abuse. I, I was traumatized just hearing what they exactly. And what I see now, and thank God for lives of TikTok that is exposing this. So you've got the transgender stuff, right? And now there is a push and you knew this was coming. I mean, it's hard to believe it, but you knew it was coming for pedophilia. And they're saying, well, pedophilia is a stigmatizing term. These are persons who are attracted to minors. So we can't call them pedophiles anymore. We can't call them perverts. They're just persons who are attracted to minors. criminals. I've been saying for the longest time, criminals are victims and law-abiding citizens are criminals. This is the turning upside down of everything we know everything we know is is good and decent and we are now supposed to feel ashamed of elevating decency and admonishing criminality and the lack of morality if you right. want we can play a very short thing yeah we do. yes oh, perfect i posted the whole thing on my website karencatalin.com but i played the first 50 seconds of something you know, the left talks about red flag laws. This was the real red flag. People in 1965, like Paul Harvey, warning America about the elevation of, uh, uh, of, of immorality. And how did he do it? By saying, if I were the devil. And here's okay. the first 50 seconds of that. If I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness. And I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree. V. So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. Yeah, I mean, that's, it, 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 it's, it's true. It's true that that's, that's the and kind Dr. of thing. Dr. Donna mentioned what someone just taught me several years ago, Isaiah 520 calling good evil and evil good. That's right. Talk about prophetic. Right. Well, exactly. And like Dr. Donna says, you know, you keep us apart. You indoctrinate the children. You confuse people by changing the language and and sex, et cetera. And then you go after the children. Um, And and you you say, you know, rather than pedophilia being bad, and it's all part of, as we talked about, it is indeed, you're right. It's if I were the devil, you would demoralize and demoralize people and demoralize the country um now you see that criminality you can steal up to 950 dollars in california and it's really an elevation of criminality i mean they let criminals out of jail and they put us on lockdown it's very clear and obvious what they're doing um i know since you have almost no uh, you know but a minute short as much as i'm a cynic and a skeptic and i'm not exactly optimistic I do think it's important, especially on a party Friday, to end on a note. Well, what do you do about all this? Okay. Then, you know, drink. There's that. Drink. Drink. Vodka. Drink. That's for Leo. (laughs) Buy a tonic water. That's what you're drinking. Well, it's not easy, but I've been talking about mental toughness, but also what do you do? And 
the very things that they want to prohibit and put out of favor and actually eradicate are the things that are their biggest threats. God, the family, Mm -hmm. holding fast to those you love, prayer, uh, decency, but strength and individuality and personal responsibility. And we all have a list. And those things are what stop them. Sometimes you have to pay a price for it, for defying tyranny. But unfortunately, um, the price for not defying tyranny is more tyranny. Right. So I've been thinking a lot about that because unfortunately, the price keeps getting higher and higher. And those are the things they want us to stop. Right. Well, and I think, you know, and again, to end on a good note, there are more of us than them. Donald Trump was elected. Donald Trump is still standing. You canceled us from YouTube. We're still standing. You're still standing. All of our listeners, Dr. Donna, Sandra, Charlotte, I mean, you know, everybody there, you know, Jacob, um, you know, Leo, everybody, we're all still, Meg, we're all still here. We're all still standing and we're going to stay standing. And and then they can't handle that. Um, And, uh, you know, again, there are more of us than there are of them. Um, and that and vodka, no kidding. Well, not really. We'll get us through the thing. Well, hey, and, and there is something to be said for shining a light on the oh, yes. places. And we know things and we're aware of things today that have been going on for decades because of the miracle that Donald Trump was elected and he yep. exposed so much corruption that they never counted on having exposed. And we're watching it right now. So as awful and ugly as it is, you and I, we work and and people in their own sphere of influence to shine a light on the roaches that scatter when you put the flashlight on. There you go. All right. We are out of time. Karen, thank you so much. Thank you to Karen Cataline, KarenCataline.com, Scott Powell, everybody on um, Zoom. We love having you there. Remember, catch all of the shows, ChuckAndJulie.com. Thank you to the great guys at BBS. We will on Monday have an update, hopefully from Chuck's Golf Championship. <laughs> um, and maybe we'll see you then. Everyone have a great rest of your day and happy party Friday. Have a great weekend too. Thank you.